Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. In order to be ridiculous, you first must be ridiculous, and boy, this show is. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a uh, lovely September day. It it actually feels like fall might be uh, might be coming a little early to us. Uh, but uh, I'll be uh, leaving this week to get all hot and sweaty down in Florida. Uh, and more on that in just a minute. Uh, on this week's show, in Pipe Parts, I'm going to answer the Fast Five final questions myself. And then my guests, that's right, two of them, are uh, Sykes Wilford and Tony Santiago. And uh, we're going to be talking about the early days of SmokingPipes.com as they celebrate their, uh, kind of. I guess the, the 20th anniversary is coming up officially, maybe. Uh, but anyway, it's the 20th anniversary season of Smoking Pipes, and uh, this is the first time Tony's been on the show, and so we get to hear some uh, get to hear some old stories of the early days of SmokingPipes.com. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant—all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And uh, this week we are uh, performing our uh, fatherly, uh, our parenting duties, and we're heading down to Orlando to help. Uh, my son and his fiance move into their new house, uh, so I guess uh, you know no more no more fall weather for me. We'll be down in Florida, and it'll be nice and hot and sticky, and that's just the way it's going to be. But we'll be helping set up stuff and move stuff and hanging out there for yeah, hanging out there for a week. Um, part of the uh, casualties of the world situation is that their wedding was supposed to be in July, and now it's been postponed and uh we'll finalize the uh probably the january plan for it and see how uh anyway yeah that's part of the casualties but uh we're going down there to help them move so that they don't have to take any time off from work because their hours are limited anyway and uh work is uh work is being picky so i'm looking forward to it setting up furniture moving boxes cleaning stuff up you know be good exercise for me and hopefully not too hot all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go there's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine missouri meerschaum corn cob pipe an american legend since 1869 it's the coolest smoothest pipe i've ever owned Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And for pipe parts, all right, here is um, here is how I would answer the Fast Five final questions. And I think I would, I would take the chicken exit on some stuff and, and keep in mind, uh, all right, so the origin of this is based off of the actor's studio with James Lipton, and he has these uh, standard questions that he used to ask each guest at the end, and the, the idea is to kind of get inside the head of the person that is, yeah, that, that, you're, that your guest, try to get inside the head of your guest. Um, 
so with that being said, my favorite pipe, and I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the road that I would, uh, I guess I would originally thought of for this answer is I like a uh, I like a billiard or a Dublin, but I like those specific dimensions of you know five to six inches. So a so a billiard into a lovat. I like longer shanks. I like the the uh, stem to be not much more than an inch and a half of a saddle stem, and then the rest of it be shank. I like less stem and more shank. And if you, I think if you looked at a lot of my pipe collection or my pipe rotation, you'd see that you know, the, the that there's the predominance of them is you know an inch and a half stem on a five inch, five and a half inch long pipe. So, uh, that's kind of my, that's, that would be my answer for that. Uh, my favorite tobacco, and I'll give you two, cause my first pad answer would be my favorite tobacco is Perique. I like blends with Perique. I just, I really like the taste of a good Virginia Perique blend. Uh, and then the one blend that I smoke a lot of that some people have missed my answer to uh, it's a McClelland. It's from their Blakeney's Best line. It's called Acadian Ribbon, and it's out of that Blakeney's line was a line of toasted Virginias that they did. I believe they introduced them in 2005. Was never really that popular, and was never really popular to the point where, in discussions with uh, with Mike and Mary McNeil. This Acadian ribbon version, which is the rubbed out Virginia Perique in the in the line of four, I believe I ended up purchasing and or consuming one quarter of everything they produced. Uh, if you'd see it in the tin rankings on smokingpipes.com, it would regularly be in the 400 to 500s. And then if I would place an order, it would jump up into the hundreds and then it would go back down. So that's my favorite tobacco. It's Blakeney's Best Acadian Ribbon from McClelland. Um, what is my favorite drink? You know, in in reality, I really don't drink alcohol that much anymore. Nothing, uh, nothing against it. Just I just don't drink it that much anymore, and I feel better for it. My favorite drink is just a a really good cup of coffee, and then I've also got a, a passion for uh, Pellegrino. Uh, Pellegrino bubbly water. So those are those are the two things that I look forward to: a good cup of coffee and a and a good Pellegrino. And I keep the Pellegrino here at home. And after dinner, or, yeah, that's what I have. Um, when it's time to relax, do you do I prefer a book, a movie, or music? I like I like movies. If I'm really just going to relax, I'm going to take my pipe and I'm going to sit in the reclining chair and I'm going to watch movies. And the and the type of movies that I like are either really well written, really well directed, um, you know, small dramas or comedies that are just you know really well done. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, I Am Sam with uh, Sean Penn, uh, Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams. Uh, those small movies brilliantly acted with great scripts, great direction, and they really take you away into those places. And then the other ones I like are eye candy. 
the Indiana Jones movies, the Star Wars movies. Uh, lately, I've been watching the Mission Impossible movies, any James Bond movie. That's just entertainment candy that you know, obviously I'm not going to go driving a, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go driving a $150,000 British sports car while shooting people. So, but, but I can play James Bond when in my head while I'm watching him. And then the final one is, uh, you know, the favorite pipe smoking related memory. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, it, there's a, there's a ton of them and a lot of them are involving the, people in the hobby, uh, the people in the business, uh, the people in the, uh, in the industry. Yeah. And then, and it's just, I mean, tons and tons of great memories hanging out at pipe shows. Uh, I, I guess one of my, uh, one of my favorite moments was early on in the, uh, in the history of the pipes magazine radio show. Um, when I had a, uh, gentleman who I uh, was at the Chicago pipe show and a listener came up and said to his wife, this is the guy that does the podcast that I listen to. And they, they both said, I didn't look anything like it. So I did the intro and they said, okay, that sounds exactly like you. Um, but, <laughs> but in reality, uh, I got an argument going over the proper way to fold uh, the proper types of toilet paper uh, in a, uh, <laughs> in a hotel room one night at the West coast pipe show. And that was kind of fun, but that was also proof that you can do stuff like that. Um, but really, I mean, anytime I'm at a pipe show, it's just a great memory. Um, uh, anytime, uh, I think back of the times that I worked with Peter Stokeby and those are just, you know, just great memories, uh, being in Tivoli garden in Copenhagen with Peter Stokeby and seeing yeah you know, just just wonderful and then several years later being able to take my family back to Tivoli Garden so lots of wonderful memories too many to nail down to just one favorite but there's my answers to the fast five final questions and in just a moment we will have Sykes Wilford and Tony Santiago celebrating 20 years of smokingpipes.com <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and we are celebrating, and I wish we were celebrating in person, but we're not, but we're celebrating the uh, 20, 20 years of SmokingPipes.com, and joining us again is the uh, the founder. I, 
Uh, Sykes, I'm still not going to call you the CEO. I'm just going to call you the founder. Uh, the founder, okay. <laughs> the founder of SmokingPipes.com and uh, newly minted doctor of pipes, Sykes Wilford. So, Sykes, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me again, Brian. And also on with us is a name that some of you may remember, some of you may recognize, but uh, for a lot of you, a brand new name, Tony Santiago. Tony, welcome back to the or welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And and Tony holds a uh, holds a special spot in my heart because it was uh, Tony's desire to return back to college and get a real degree that brought me to smokingpipes.com. So, Tony, I still love you for it. Oh well, it worked out well. I remember that transition, and uh, I could think we couldn't have found a better person. And and I remember that I think possibly riding in your car was that was probably the first or second worst car I've ever ridden in, but um, I'm hoping now you have a much better car. Yeah, the car uh, has certainly improved since those days. I think I was riding a like 1990s town car around that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you had to hold the door closed while you made a turn or something. It, it... Oh, yeah. That thing had a bunch of issues. Uh, a fun land yacht. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, Sykes, sit sit back for a minute because I want to get to know. I want everyone to get to know Tony. Tony, when uh, how did you and Sykes meet? Oh well, I've actually known Sykes for uh, most of my life. Uh, Sykes was the older brother of my best friend throughout middle school and high school, and so uh, I I known Sykes previous uh, to smoking pipes. Uh, but my involvement with smoking pipes started when I was a freshman at Vanderbilt and, uh, and Sykes was a senior at Vanderbilt. He had already started the smoking pipes at that time. Uh, and me, a, a freshman student new to campus, uh, and in need of some bucks, I just kind of wanted a part-time job. And so I reached out to Sykes. Uh, he needed some help at the time. It, it kind of worked out. But uh, at that point I had no idea, you know, what that relationship would become. <laughs> had you, had you had any experience with pipes and pipe tobacco at that point? Very limited experience uh, with uh, with pipes. I smoked a couple cigars, you know, but nothing fancy. I think you know maybe a couple macanudos. That's about it. Um, and so it was definitely eye opening uh, world getting involved in and uh, smoking pipes. dot com. Going back that far, can you kind of remember what your first thoughts were of some of these pipe things that uh, and the and the fancy shape names and the and the prices? Uh, I mean, really, I I didn't realize just how much variety and uh, the, the whole scope of uh, of pipes and uh, uh, and pipe making. Uh, to me, you know, when I was thinking of a of a pipe smoker, you know, I think I had pretty much a you know a very basic understanding. You know, I had kind of the Sherlock Holmes uh, <laughs> image in my mind. Uh, and when I got involved with smoking pipes, and I'm seeing all these different shapes and different materials, uh, uh, it just opened up a whole new world to me. Who taught you how to smoke a pipe properly? Sykes. <laughs> and, yeah. And did you learn? My it? first pipe was a, a Stanwell. Uh, that's how I learned how to smoke a pipe was uh, smoking that Stanwell pipe. And, and did you learn from somebody better after that? Because Sykes is notorious for pipe abuse. <laughs> well, since uh, learning from Sykes, I had some great opportunities to smoke with some other uh other smokers, uh, including being out there in Chicago and learn from some of the guys in the smoking competitions. Uh, personally, I still think I'm a pretty novice smoker, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
All right, back in those uh, back in those early days, I want you to kind of think back and what was kind of like your what was your holy grail pipe that you someday hope to obtain? I'm still trying to get an Everson. I would love to have one at some point, but uh, I mean, I had a very strange introduction to pipes. My third pipe was a Tokotomi, <laughs> <laughs> so I was very spoiled. <laughs> Hey, hang on a minute. Rewind here a minute. So we go from a we go from a Stanwell to the third pipe is a handmade Tokotomi. Yes. So definitely accelerated quite a bit in terms of the pipes that I was purchasing and collecting. Uh, the second pipe was the Ardor, a great smoking pipe. Um, but when we first started carrying Tokotomi's pipes, that's when I really kind of fell in love with uh, the artistry of pipe making. And how did your uh, so what was your tobaccos of preference back then? I mean, did you go from Captain Black all the way to thirty year old age Balkan Sobrani? So I, I did make the Captain Black mistake, um, but uh, thankfully I learned very quickly being in the, in the environment that I was and uh, kind of progressed to smoking a lot of uh, Virginia Periques. Um, Love like the Solani, Virginia Flake, the 633, Haddle's uh, Delight, uh, Cairo from uh, GLPs. I like those two as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, as a function of being involved with smoking pipes, I did get a chance to try some uh, really great aged tobaccos, including the Balkan uh, Sobrani. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Let, all right, Sykes, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back in now. You know, I've taken you off mute because I know you're just dying to jump in here. Um can we go back Let, let's just recap the beginning of smokingpipes.com it did not start in your dorm room like the uh, like the myth uh, like the myth mentions but when did you actually do you remember the date that you actually like registered the domain it was may or june of 2000 so i did a bunch of stuff in may or i mean i probably could go look it up but we incorporated the company, or I incorporated the company. I, I registered the domain name. I did a bunch of that sort of preliminary structure and licensing and stuff work in May and June of, of 2000. But of course, you know, the reality of, of starting a business is that there isn't really a day. It just it sort of happens over the course of months. Yeah. Um, so it was May or June of 2000, we, or I, uh, I did that stuff. And then we started buying pipes and maybe September. Um, it did not start in my dorm room. Uh, I had some, uh, I, I, I rented a really, really cheap, uh, like little warehouse space in East Nashville, um, which I didn't realize at the time turned out to be two blocks from where Music City Marketing uh, <laughs> was at the time. And then interestingly, Briarworks would end up three blocks from there, like 15 years later. Um, <laughs> Now, of course, we'd been out of there for many, many, many years at that at that point. Uh, so we had this just like little little fallen down um, warehouse that that we that I sort of renovated into uh, offices in the front and um, like a little warehouse space in the back, just like a little stockroom space in the back um, to, to start the business. So we probably started buying pipes and pipe tobacco in maybe I don't know late August or September uh, of two thousand. Do you remember what the what the first purchase was that you received? I, I, I don't remember exactly, but the, the I was thinking about this uh, in anticipation of being asked questions like that. Um, and the first brands that, that we really started with were Ashton, 
um, which at the time was distributed by David Field, yeah. um, Ardor, Peterson. So our relationship with Peterson goes way back. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> There were like a handful of maybe a dozen brands that we started with, um, many of which we still carry, but those three, those three really stand out to me. Um, so those are the ones that would have been on the website when we launched the website. Was there a go live date for the website that you re- that you recall? We just sort of stumbled through a bunch of soft launches until it was launched. It was not. Keep in mind, this was two thousand. Like yeah. this whole internet thing, you know, the, the internet bubble had had just uh, had just bur- uh, just burst uh, or was about to burst. I guess. I guess. And uh, the the Wide web was was still sort of novel, and what e-commerce looked like on the internet was, was still sort of a new thing then. Um, it's it's hard to remember how awful the internet was twenty years ago, yeah, well, and how little we knew. Well, that that was still when AOL was giving away fifty hours free on a CD-ROM in the grocery stores. Oh yeah. So when was what what approximate date was the first purchase on smoking pipes? Late October two thousand. And and do you remember the item that was in that first purchase or close to that item? It was an Ashton. So it was you... an Ashton. I don't remember. It was an Ashton pebble grain. I don't remember the shape. Uh, but it was. But the relationship between smoking pipes and, and Ashton has that has now been twenty years. Um, yeah, that was Ashton's a really important brand for us early early on there. So how'd you feel when you finally got a sale? Relief. <laughs> do you uh, do you remember the uh, how did the sale go? Did the do you remember if the customer actually reached out and called you or emailed? Oh, it was or? just on the website. It was just on the website. So the site was just up, and somebody clicked on it and did the credit card thing, and off it went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did a lot of waiting around for the phone to ring in in October, November. I mean, we were working on getting more more pipes up. Um, uh, in the early days, uh, I had a guy that was that was uh, helping me with various just administrative aspects of the business, like lifting pipes and stuff. Um, and so we were just working on getting pipes on the website, and we were just waiting for someone to buy stuff, hoping. And I was just hoping someone would buy something, because otherwise, I had a, a, a suddenly big and slightly strange pipe collection ranging in size and brand and style and everything um and all on the smoke so we were really relieved when when we started selling some stuff and and your entire pipe collection was unsmoked at that point yeah yeah it would have been uh it would have a pretty vast collection uh and and bizarrely eclectic collection of pipes there would no focus to it That's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Sykes and Tony, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special red Virginia Cavendish. 
Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes autumn evenings so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Tony Santiago, and uh, formerly of SmokingPipes.com and currently of SmokingPipes.com is Sykes Wilford. Uh, so, Tony, talk to me. When, when you got... When you when did the estate pipe thing come into it? Because originally the website started with new pipes and pipe tobacco and accessories. That's right. Um, estate pipes weren't a, an addition to the website until I think uh, two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Um, and uh, so that was a kind of a project that Sykes and I under, undertook. Uh, we noticed that uh, there were some uh, competitors out there that are doing pretty well selling estate pipes. Uh, and we we ended up with some estate pipes. Uh, I'm not too sure how we ended up with some uh, initially. I think it was from a, a pipe show, and we decided to give it a go uh, of getting these pipes up on the website. Uh, and so that was certainly a learning experience. Uh, at, at that point, I'd never cleaned a pipe or anything <laughs> of that nature, uh, and, and so uh, that really kind of broadened my understanding of, of pipes and the actual construction and the materials and how they they go together and the actual proper care and maintenance. Um, and so uh, it was certainly a, quite an undertaking, but it ended up doing really well for smoking pipes, and it's, it's turned out to be a, a substantial part of our business. So wait a second. So you were kind of the first head of the estate restoration department? I was. I used to do – uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> estate pipes uh, were a Sunday project. Uh, outside of normal hours, uh, you know, Sykes and I would, would tackle estates uh, and get them cleaned up and ready for the website. <laughs> so, Brian, Tony and I both worked all the time in, like, 2004. So we would meet at the office on Sunday, and Tony would do estates for a while, and I would do something else, and then would swap. Tony was way better at it than I was. I was always <laughs> terrible at doing estate restoration. <laughs> and, and how did you how did you guys figure out what the value was of those pipes? I mean, you didn't have this huge history of sales that you have now. What what were you doing? Just kind of guessing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a better answer, but uh, a lot of it was guessing initially, but also quite a bit of research as well. You know, uh, certainly going through Pipes uh, uh, Pipes of Tobacco magazine to find uh, out about different pipe makers uh, that we didn't represent, uh, searching other websites, uh, trying to eBay. as best as we can. eBay was actually yes a great resource, uh, yeah. uh, especially when we first started. Um, and so we just kind of uh, pieced together this uh, this collective knowledge about uh, these uh, older uh, and more obscure pipe brands. But kind of like the internet as a whole, back to back to the whole, the, you know soft launches and websites and stuff in 2000 in in 2003 yes people have been selling estate pipes but it wasn't like the market didn't look like it looks like now like there was not a lot of information in the market so no one really knew on some things some people thought they knew um but the world was just different it was just a lot darker and fuzzier in terms of just lacking information so 
yeah, we were we were researching and making a lot of educated guesses, um, and we had a bunch of new pipe data um, at that point. Um, but at the same time, it's not like the rest of the world knew how to do this, and we didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, and I I remember the earlier pipe shows that I went to in '99 and 2000, where if you had a I don't know, an old Dunhill pipe and you didn't know anything about it. You went to the guy that was the Dunhill expert and asked him, what do you think I should sell it for? And then you'd run back and try to sell it for that or vice versa. And you'd see that happening all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had guys that knew an enormous amount about very narrow things. Mm -hmm. Like this was, you know, we'd have people make observations on our pricing and we were like, this is always useful to hear because what, what you frequently had was a guy that was an expert on a particular area of Dunhill, you know, like Dunhill from the 1920s and 30s. Yeah. Um, uh, or you'd have an expert on bottling, or you'd have an expert on Kamoi, but these guys were fairly siloed in as much as they would know a couple of brands. They were collectors, right? So that they would know a couple of brands that really interested them deeply, um, but they wouldn't know anything about, I don't know, Cello, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not picking any particular yeah. people, but like that know about Barling and Camoys, but nothing about Casello or Barling and Camoys, and not much about Dunhill or whatever, whatever. Yeah, case may be. Tony, did you uh, do, do you have any uh, pipes that you destroyed that you remember? Oh, certainly, <laughs> especially in the initial days. Uh, there are quite a few stems that I ended up burning through. Uh, it took a while <laughs> to uh, realize that uh, acrylic was not as forgiving as vulcanite. <laughs> um, and so uh, there definitely were some early learning mistakes. But I, mean, uh, I recently we got one. it down. <laughs> Which one was that? There was a, a Prebenholm. It was a, a, a uh, straight grain something or other. And it was this ridiculous fancy freehand. And I don't know, remember whether it was you or me. I don't remember which of us did it, but I was so horrified. Um, <laughs> we were both working at the that day, and the buffing wheel picked it up and flung it across the warehouse, and it ended up in multiple. The bowl itself ended up in multiple pieces. I remember that. I remember that day. I'm not too sure who who did it, but I remember us both being horrified. It was a beautiful type. I don't remember the call. <laughs> <laughs> the the casualty will will be named, that but the uh, was one of our early learning mistakes. That's when we put in the pipe catch. <laughs> so if you lost the pipe, at least it would get caught by the backstop. <laughs> so wait, wait, what, what was the what, what was the pipe catch? Uh, well, it's a fancy name for a cardboard box. Yeah. We just put that behind the buffing wheel, so should you lose control of the pipe, it will just hit the, the cardboard and the plastic there and not go flying around the warehouse. Was there a uh, – what, what was was there an early-on pipe that either of you remember getting as an estate pipe and thinking, oh, no, this is too valuable. We need to send this one out to somebody that knows what they're doing? I don't remember ever taking that. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was just thinking the same size. I never was afraid of tackling a pipe. That being said, there were pipes that I ended up cleaning twice <laughs> because I knew that I wouldn't have an opportunity to smoke a Conovitz or a Everson. So I'd clean it up, enjoy a bowl, <laughs> then clean it up and, again and get it ready for sale. Yeah, we did that. We did that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've I've never told people that I did that too while I was there, but Tony was the one that said. <laughs> You know, if you want to try something, just get it out of the estate pipes and have them re-clean it afterwards. So I did it. 
Um, and thanks to that, I actually smoked but a bow and you were smoking pipes, we had a department and stuff. Yes. Yeah, and they were not in the closet anymore. They were actually moved into a room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, those, those closets, that closet was a much of an improvement from our original uh, estate restoration setup, which is really just a corner in the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sykes, when did, when did the regular updates and email blasts, when did those start? 2003 sometime. Um, so, Tony, you, you, were, you worked for, the, for Smoking Pipes in Nashville, and then you were not at Smoking Pipes after we moved for a few months, and then you rejoined us. And that was like yeah. six months between those two? Yeah, there was about a six-month stretch uh, that I missed uh, when Smoking Pipes went from Nashville to uh, Myrtle Beach. But a lot transpired in that six months. I remember uh, when I first touched down to Myrtle Beach and, and seeing our initial sales numbers and the, the whole setup, and I kind of realized, like, wow, it's, it's a real business now. <laughs> um, so, so were we doing the weekly updates by the time you were you had come down to South Carolina? We were doing weekly updates, although, you know, sometimes it came out at 11 p.m. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of that. <laughs> it wasn't until much later when grown-ups were in charge of the updates. Um, so, Brian, unable to hold myself to any kind of writing schedule, I had to hire people who would hold me to, to, to writing schedules and such. That happened later. Um, but well, that's also yeah, we often got, us we doing just, like, everything. We more stuff in them. We would like have a good idea, and we're like, okay, we'll add it, and we would still be working on it at ten or eleven night on a Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, certainly, there were there were pipes that weren't scheduled for updates that ended up making it in the update just because well the images are done. It won't take us but an hour or two to to knock out these descriptions, and all of a sudden there are twelve more pipes going up. <laughs> One of us that would have an idea for a for an introduction to the newsletter. Um, which is a a writing piece that has morphed a lot over the last 20 years. But, yes. but basically one of us would have an idea and we're like, oh, it'll only take me an hour. And four hours later, we're still trying to, whoever had the idea is still trying to get it done. <laughs> so so it, was a, it was a little wild, wild west inside the office as well as on the, on the World Wide Web. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're just making it up as we were going along and having a good time. <laughs> All right, Tony. You talked about you talked about your third pipe being a Tokatomi, um, and I think I think Sykes. I think we've talked to you about picking up the Japanese pipes. Yeah, but Tony, what were you, what were your thoughts about these Japanese handmaids? Because I mean, they were really just completely unknown on the American market. Yeah, they, they were unknown on the American market. Definitely unknown to me. Um, but immediately when I saw my first batch of, uh, of Togotomis, I realized like this is just a whole nother level. Um, that's when I really uh, just kind of understood the artistry aspect and the, the fact that, you know, pipes, you know, while a functional object at the upper levels, it's, it's a functional piece of art. Um, and I just fell in love. Were you at any point um, worried about the price point of them? Uh, well, yes, I definitely was, um, but I was in a lucky position to be at SmokingPipes.com, and so uh, I did have an employee discount, which <laughs> I, I certainly took advantage of, and uh, honestly, there were some times there when we were just putting things together and uh, trying to make things happen that, that I, I worked for Pipes for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sykes, did you start selling, you started selling tobacco right away? Yes, but not much. So... I, I, the, the initial vision, unsurprisingly given the name, was about pipes. It wasn't. It wasn't primarily about pipe tobacco. 
Um, and I think the, I think the website still feels that way to a great degree. That that our sort of mission at Smoking Pipes is, is it's about both, but we spend probably a little bit more time talking about pipes than we do pipe tobacco now. Um, but way back in the beginning, it was about pipes. And it was very much, especially by the time, by 2003, 2004, it was about pipes and it was about artisan pipes. Um, so that focus became more about artisan pipes peaking in maybe 2005, 2006. And then we, then we started doing more outside of artisan pipes after that too. Um, it's not that, I, I don't want to make it sound like these, are, these, this, these were exclusive things. Like we didn't do just artisan pipes. It's just that's where our focus lay in, in that era. Um, so we started doing tobacco at the beginning, but we didn't really get super serious about tobacco. Gosh, 2008, 2009, 2010. I mean, sort of yeah. in the era you were at, you were at smoking pipes, Brian, yeah. um, like late in Tony's time. And then, and then during your period. And then after that, yeah. And then yeah, I think we didn't agree. sell tobacco. We sold a lot of tobacco, but it wasn't, it wasn't what we spent all of our time thinking about in those days. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep, no, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Tony, what was the first pipe show that you went to? The first pipe show that I went to was uh, the New York Pipe Show, a New York Jersey Pipe Show up there by uh, by Newark uh, Airport. <laughs> so that was my, uh, and that was a great experience. You know, I, I'd heard of pipe shows from Sykes and you know, kind of the camaraderie and the fact that you get a chance to to meet these pipe makers as well and get a get a chance to put a face to the name. But uh, the in person experience was certainly not quite what I imagined. Uh, first, I I didn't imagine the level of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, there was still smoking uh, at that time. Yeah. And uh, I mean that was. Uh, certainly a smoke filled room. Um, but then also getting a chance to meet the customers was great. And, uh, getting a chance to meet my uh, first few pipe makers. Um, I think my, one of the first pipe makers I met was Peter Heeson. Oh, what an uh, incredible guy. All right. You've got to have, you've got to have a favorite uncle Peter Heeson story. So pick one and hopefully it's safe for family listening. Um, there's so many Uncle Peter stories, but I think one of my favorite Uncle Peter moments was actually at Sykes's wedding uh, and the <laughs> toast that he gave. Uh, he gave a traditional Danish t- toast. I don't know what he said, but he got very the entire... Very loosely translated into English. Very, very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I still don't quite get the metaphor that he was going for, but he got the entire <laughs> crowd involved and chanting in their best... Uh, uh, Danish, uh, and it was hilarious. <laughs> so He's I, certainly a great guy and, and definitely missed. This this is completely away from the topic, but isn't there a really good picture of you, me, Tony, and Uncle Peter? Yes, from that wedding. Yeah. From, from, yeah. from Zeiss's wedding. There's a, a great photograph of us. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think there's... <laughs> yeah, anyway, all right. Um, so... Any uh, were you, were you selling at that first pipe show? And so yes, we were selling pipes at at the show. Uh, we had a, a great selection of our Japanese pipe ma- uh, makers at that time. We had Tokotomis, some Satos, we had some Suge pipes mm. as well, uh, and it was a great show. We had some some great successes and a lot of interest in the Japanese pipe makers. And and the and the crowd was uh, Sykes. Was that the first pipe show that Smoking Pipes went to, or had you been out at at a couple others before you sent Tony to New no, York? No, we've done quite a few at that point. 
Um, but that was a really important one for us because it was when we really started to get to know Peter Heeshan and Teddy Knudsen, who were both at that show. Yes. Um, so, so it was, oh, and Kent Resmussen. Um, wow. All three of them were there. Uh, and that's when we first got to know them. So we, at that point, we'd been to... Uh, I've been to, I've been to Chicago in 2002. There've been a couple of Nashville shows. There were some other regional shows that we'd done in 2001, 2002, uh, Richmond in 2001 and 2002. So we'd done it as a company. We'd probably done a dozen or 15 shows before that one, but that one was really, that one was really important to us. And I look back on it and, and remember it as the time that we really started, uh, started working with, with, uh, various names in a serious way. Yeah, yeah that, it was definitely a game changer, and uh, I think one of the reasons that uh, you know Peter, as well as Teddy and and Kent, wanted to work with us at that time was because of the way that we represented the the Japanese place that we had at the show. All right that that's a good uh, that's a good spot for for me to ask this question, Sykes. What was when you were opening when you were starting and you got a few sales going? Was there a was there a marquee brand name or pipe maker that you really aspired to carrying? Oh, yes. So the, the Japanese, we sort of, I, w- I would like to ascribe more sophistication to this, to what went on, but we really stumbled into, like we had about as, we were about as dimly aware of them as the rest of the U S market until I, until I met them, um, in, in 2002 in Tokyo. But after that, uh, really, it, we wanted to work with the Eversons. We wanted to work with Yashkanovich. We wanted to work with, um, those were the big ones. Yeah. Um, and that would, that took a couple, a couple more years. We started working with between, it was really 2005, uh, 2005, 2006, sort of progressively, um, that we started working with, uh, Lars, Nana, um, yes. And those were, those ones were really important to me because, <laughs> <laughs> They're important pipe makers. Um, uh, there was a there were a good couple of years there where where that was what was aspirational from the company's perspective. Tony, who who is the pipe maker that you wanted to carry when you when, after the Japanese? Who are you who are you drooling on when when you kept seeing it at pipe shows? Uh, it would have to be. I, I was kind of biased towards yes, kind of this. I really liked. We had a yes kind of as a state pipe that came in that I first kind of put him on on my radar. Well, I, I read about him in, in Pipes uh, and Tobacco's magazine, but it was kind of a myth at that point. Once I actually have one of his pipes in my hand, it becomes a reality. Um, and you kind of see just the t- level of attention to detail and, and the quality. Uh, that was one of the pipes that I, I ended up cleaning twice because I had <laughs> to smoke it. Um, and after that experience, I couldn't wait for us to get the pipes on our website. You know what? This is a perfect place for us to wrap up this episode, but we've got another episode coming up with more of Sykes and Sykes Wilford, Tony Santiago celebrating the 20th anniversary of uh, smokingpipes.com. So, uh, guys, what, what, can I get you to come back? Definitely. All right, perfect. We will uh, we'll take a break right here and come back with the rest of the show and stay tuned in a couple of weeks for more with Sykes and Tony. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. 
For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. Uh, and uh, contrary to what I said, we'll have more of uh, Sykes and Tony next week coming up. Also, the uh, picture is of uh, me, Tony, and uh, Peter Heeshan. And that'll be on the uh, show page for Pipes Magazine, on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Pipes Magazine, should you wish to see that. It's a it's just a fun picture of the three of us. Sorry, Sykes, you didn't make the picture, apparently. Um, all right, for music, we are I'm in a Stevie Ray Vaughan mood. So uh, this time we get uh, Couldn't Stand the Weather.
If I could play guitar like that, well, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast. You got mail. You got mail. You got mail. In the mailbag, remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email me directly, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can go on to Pipes Magazine and post it there, or you can go on to uh, Facebook or Instagram and send me a message there. Uh, anyway, going back to last week's show with uh, Ryan, uh, Dave writes, uh, interesting interview. I live part of the year in southern Arizona, and we get over to Tombstone once in a while, and I'd like to see Ryan's performance this winter. Uh, my first stop is always at the cigar shop for one of the gunfighter cigars to smoke while walking around. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, boots and a cowboy hat and a stogie hanging out of your mouth walking down the streets of... Tombstone, Arizona. Hopefully you don't end up in Boot Hill. Uh, and then uh, Casey Ghost writes, Man, I've got to tell you, when I saw the photo of Ryan, I would have sworn it was Val Kilmer. I've always been amazed at reenactors and how they can resemble their subject. I've been surprised at how tattoos have become mainstream over the past 10 years. I know a law professor at a local university that went and got one on his forearm. Crazy. Uh, pipe parts was interesting, but this tobacco would definitely not be for me. Yeah, uh, you know, not every tobacco is for everybody. But uh, so tattoos, I, I started seeing more and more people getting them, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago. And, you know, just became more and more commonplace. And I think it's like uh, ear piercings. You know, it used to be just women and pirates that had ear piercings. And now you got, you know, ear and nose and that's common and tattoos yeah hey you know go get a go get a pipe tattooed on you that way you can uh, you can always say that you have your pipe with you um anyway comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com uh if you have any uh questions for jeff ask the pipe maker we will do that uh we'll be recording with jeff shortly again and if you have any guest suggestions stuff like that please let me know and remember, uh, next week, because of my uh, travel and my scheduling boo-boo, we will have uh, part two of Sykes and Tony talking about the early days of smokingpipes.com. All right, rant time is coming up in just a moment. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Thank <laughs> you. 
This is much less of a rant and more of a reminder, and it might be a little long-winded, but it's partially motivated by uh, John David Cole at the Country Squire Radio. No, I'm not ranting about him, but this, uh, but this whole part is motivated by him because uh, I believe in a recent episode he had a question about uh, you know uh, about getting bored with pipes and stuff like that, and he suggested he, he made some suggestions. So you should be listening to Country Squire Radio anyway, so you will have heard his thing. I will add to this. If you start getting in a rut with your pipes and tobacco routine, I will add to this. Here's exactly what I do. When you start getting into a rut, I will say at that point, it's time to do a good internal cleaning on all your pipes. So you get your bristle cleaners, you get your grain alcohol or denatured alcohol, and you get your pipe cleaners and you sit down at a you know at a table with a good movie in front of you and you start pulling your stems apart you know pull the stems off clean the mortise and tenon joint clean that hole out clean the draft hole out real good give the inside of the bowl a little bit of a sanding with maybe some uh, real fine sandpaper on your finger and just give your pipes a good internal cleaning because maybe part of the reason why you're getting bored with them is you haven't given them a good cleaning in a while uh, the other thing that this does is kind of alludes to what John David was talking about is it gets you familiar with some pipes that maybe you haven't picked up in a while because we all run into these uh, routines where we have, you know, five or six that are our favorite of the moment or the newest one is the more favorite and one that we haven't smoked in a while is a less favorite. So it gets you a chance to pull that one out and give it a good cleaning and pack and load it. Uh, the other thing that's happening right now is uh, it's the change in seasons. Yeah, you know, for some of us, fall is coming up, and that means that for me, I've opened up one more can of straight Virginias to smoke on those humid Virginia morning, you know, humid warm mornings. And I brought, I'll take a tin with me down to Florida for this trip and smoke that with my breakfast. But then after that, you know, I might be done with the, I might be done with the straight Virginias, and then I'll tweak it so that's one way that i alter my see you know by altering the seasons it changes my smoking routine which then changes the pipes that i may smoke and maybe uh you know i'll pull out some of the stronger tobaccos more the escudo or some of the older saint james woods from mcclellan the more the more stout blends that i don't tend to smoke but again it's time. Give your pipes a good cleaning. Remember, I do it about three times a year where I take all the pipes and I just go through them and get the internals cleaned out and get them done real well. Usually takes, yeah, usually, well, it's getting longer and longer, but it takes a couple hours. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, enough rambling. Uh, remember, comments, questions, email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com or... Follow me on Facebook and Instagram and uh, follow the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Facebook. So there you go. All right. Uh, more of Sykes and Tony coming up next week. But thank you to Sykes and Tony for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just 
Sing a song and think about sunny weather. John Wayne Bobbitt got ridiculous.